Hey, boppers. Groovin' Movies is a podcast devoted to cult, vintage horror, exploitation, and pre-Haze Code films. Join Eddie French, Emma Tidswell, and Tom King on Groovin' Movies every Monday. Can you dig it? We're back. Uh, we've been on hiatus, Mike. Uh, technically, it's not hiatus. Uh, we just dead lazy and didn't release an episode for a bit. That's kind of a hiatus. Yes. I see what you did there. Anyway, we're back uh, this week. A very special episode. Ooh. Because this week is a police academy special. What? 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 A Police Academy special? As in the classic franchise, Police Academy? Yeah, you say classic, I say perfunctory. We went in a little bit more in-depth with our research this week. Well, yes, um, we thought we'd just give it a proper go, because you can't really have a Police Academy film and just, like, a lot of them we'd seen from, you know, we had seen most of them from memory, and I'd seen all of them at one point, but we really had to go head first in and watch all seven. Yeah, we watched all seven. And I think that's really important as well, because we're going to be pitching some Police Academy movies later. And I think for us to pitch decent, solid Police Academy movies, we really needed to entrench ourselves within the universe of the Police Academy. Yes. Uh, now, we'll start off with Police Academy 1, where it all began. Uh, Mike, I know you're a little bit more fond of the franchise than myself. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the first Police Academy movie? Well, it's a solid idea. The mayor puts some fucking shit in place that the police start some sort of programme where uh, they start getting uh, recruiting more people off the street. And yeah. You're sort of more your common man, woman. Um, from the street. So a lot of like streetwise guys that wouldn't usually join the police force are joining the academy. And that's basically the concept of the film. It does sort of feel uh, quite similar to the rise of the PCSO in the United Kingdom. Uh. <laughs> yes, quite. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I, I thought it was a lot more uh, relevant and uh, almost prog- more progressive than I ever thought it would be. On a rewatch, I do have to say the first one does have strong satirical elements, uh, like political elements as well. Yeah, because I was sort of dreading it in a way because I thought it was going to be watching it now. It was going to be awfully dated, and it was going to be because I mean it does come from those. It comes from those sort of sex comedies like Porky's and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all that that were were. I was going to say leading the way at that point, but they, they were, they, they, you know, they, they were popular movies. And um, Police Academy was a bit like that, but it was a bit more of uh, straying into the family comedy area. I'd say feminism aside, they've dated quite well. Well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, and you know, and there's some there's some great um, black characters in it. Um, mm-hmm. Hightower, I think, is a true hero in that franchise. Hooks is one of my favourites. I absolutely love Hooks. Yes, and it's got some great strong female characters in it and strong uh, black male characters. Yeah, and some weird white characters. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, the problem, though, with a lot of the, the gender politics is as the franchise goes on, um there's sort of like when it starts out they're quite strong female characters in the franchise and then as you go through uh the movies it's sort of uh they they do just turn into tits and objectification jokes um when it sort of starts as quite nuanced and satirical yes but then i mean as the films go later on as as we will discuss yeah. um they become more family friendly or they try to be more because i mean there's there's a, there's a famous blowjob gag in the first one yeah um, it's, it's weird though cuz like they they try they become 
they start to become more family friendly, but there's still loads of weird female objectification jokes in there <laughs> about tits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Callahan plays a big part in this. Um, but she's a great character. She's a strong character. She's a great character that is misused in, yeah. a, lot of, <laughs> in a lot of it. But then she's in most of the... I think she's probably in all, all the, the whole franchise. She's in every film. She's one of the few people that are um, in all of them. I think Michael Winslow is as well. Yeah, her and Tackleberry mm. as well. Mm. Um, and Lassard. Good old Lassard. For me, I think uh, the first and third are kind of on par. I think they're the strongest two. The second um, is a little bit weaker than the first and the third, but I think it's still an all right comedy. Yeah, so the first is uh, a solid, I should say, movie. Um, You know, you've got Mahoney, you've got uh, the key players, Hightower, I say, is a great character in that, Tackleberry. Um, And then the second one, they're sort of not sure what to do there's a new uh, antagonist the, there's not harris anymore who harris works for the academy mm-hmm. the, there's there's they go to a sort of inner city police uh, and mauser's there and it's lasard's brother and then that very much opens the world of crime in the police academy universe yeah and then we've got sweet chuck who's a citizen being a um being harassed by Z- by zed who who is a Crazy criminal played by Bobcat Goldthwait, who leads uh, a gang of criminals, and then the the police academy have to like take him down. It's it's probably worth mentioning as well. We we've mentioned uh, Bobcat Goldthwait on this podcast before because he's the director of Willow Creek, yes, uh, which was the the, the Bigfoot found footage movie that we watched. Yes, uh, and he, he, fantastic director. But I think a lot of people will remember this character. He's, he's, he's a very sort of, um, he was a very iconic performer before he was a good director. Yes, and he was a stand-up and he did a lot of, um, he was just, yeah, he was just a very strange uh, personality. Tom Green was a bit like him as well in that in, mm, in that yeah. in that way, if you know what I mean. That, totally. That kind of performer. But um, uh, great director though. Um, God Bless America is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Williams in World's Greatest Dad. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and his first film, Sleeping Dogs, um, about a woman who shags a dog. But um, there's no dog shagging in any Police Academy films. The third one, Zed is rehabilitated. Yeah, Zed's quite an interesting character because he actually gets a proper arc. He enters the franchise in the second Police Academy movie as the villain. And then in the third movie, he uh, enters the Academy as as a young student. Yes, and he is again sort of teamed up with Sweet Chuck who he sort of terrorised in the second one, and then he starts terrorising this one, but they, they form a sort of partnership. Yeah, um, they're sort of like a double act um, yes. within the piece. Yeah, and, they, and, and as you say, their arc carries on uh, yes. to the fourth one. Um, the third one was always on TV quite a lot, and I always remember that one the most. I always remember the first and the third, and I think they, they are the two strongest. But I think before... Doing this research, I found it quite difficult to differentiate between Police Academy 1 and Police Academy 3. But on a rewatch, I was very aware um, that Police Academy 3 was much more family friendly. Um, So like Police Academy 1, you've got the blowjob jokes. And then immediately, as soon as we get to Police Academy 2, it starts to tone down. But Police Academy 3 is very PG. Yes, but they have the prostitute joke Back. They have a call back to that because they've had the same prostitutes in it, and then he gets, uh, she gets Proctor naked um, in the hotel, and he runs around naked. And they're like, oh, and Proctor's yeah, a great it, character that was brought into it. I mean, I say great. It's was, so much more tame though than the humour of the first one. Yes, uh, yes, which really does go for like gross yes. out and sex humour. True, but they're family friendly, but they still have the odd lark about with a prostitute. Totally. But I think that's one of the interesting things watching this franchise is seeing it go from, as you mentioned, like a Porky's... Um, Esque, not uh, quite. No, but, it, but it's a sort of like a sex yeah. comedy. It yes, starts off yeah, as, yeah. and then it becomes a family comedy yeah. um, just a couple of movies in. And these, the, the, I mean, these spawned other kinds of films. There was a combat academy. There was like the ski school, ski academy. I don't know things like that. Those kind of movies. They didn't. Wow. Uh, paramedics. I haven't even heard of these. I mean, they didn't catch on, you know, in a mainstream way. There was lots of paramedics. That's a 
shit one. Um, yeah, so... But Police Academy is the big one, obviously. Well, a lot of people do consider these to be sort of like the American carry-on movies. Yes, yes. In a way. Maybe we need to do a carry-on special. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's enough of them on ITV Hub. I think we should do a carry-on special, to be honest, if we're doing Police Academy. Um, And what about a crossover carry-on and Police Academy? Anyway. (laughs) Back to the franchise. Let's move on to Police Academy 4. Uh, Now, this, for me, is where the franchise fell apart. Yeah. Now, I seem to remember, like, like, always seem to think, Three was good and four was quite good as well. Well, we've had arguments with people online in the last week <laughs> yeah. because people are convinced that Police Academy 4 was was good. It, I, I'll tell you now, it, it, it really isn't, I having know. watched them all in a row. But because there's there's a lot of um, box ticking going on in that film. So there's the, the, at the time, they've got like um, skateboarders and they've got like, well, we'll get young people. And, we've got, and they employed like Tony Hawk and lots of the old um, old school skateboarders. Yeah. And so there's, there's just little isolated bits of skateboarding, like rock music. <laughs> it's really weird because up until this point, um, everything in a police academy movie is sort of like leading somewhere. It's leading towards a joke or a plot point. Um, and then as soon as Police Academy 4 starts, there's just montages of skateboarding for no real reason. And they go on for a lot longer than they need to. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an early appearance of David Spade as well. Yeah, as a, as a skateboarder with a pink T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, but, you know, the gang are back, as you say, Zed has a sort of satisfying closing, really, to his arc, if you expect it, because he's, he doesn't appear in the next one, but he finds love. Yeah, no, I, I think Zed's story arc is one of the best things about uh, this film. Um, and he really does get a, a, a proper arc, because he gets, he gets three movies, and each movie, he his character develops somewhat. And... For a mo- for a franchise like this, I think that's actually really impressive. Yeah, yeah, there are some characters. I mean, um, I thought I, I thought Hightower was brilliant in the first one, and he's like because mm-hmm. he's a proper guy from the streets, and he sort of shouldn't be in the academy, and everyone sort of turns their nose up as at, at him a bit, you know, because he's a he's this big guy from the streets. But then he like there's a bit towards the end when he turns up in the big white shirt, and he's like fucking. Like, you know, it's just like Superfly just fucking chaffing it up. But like, I don't know if he, does he have a an arc? He sort of disappears towards the yeah. end. I mean, I, he's great in it though. Mm. Um, but like, he and he always has a sort of empowerment moment. But I think he, his, yeah, he, he, he achieves the most, I guess, in the, in the first straight away. And then, well, I mean... In the first one, there's that awful bit where they, that, like, there's a racial slur in the first one. That's uh, yes, but a it bit is necessary. Yes, but it is sort of, you know, it's, it's brought around and justified. Like Hightower really um, gets sort of justice for it. But as we go back to Porky's, as we were talking, the, the, even Porky's had a strange sort of. Um, racial element to it. There's a whole subplot about yeah. a Jewish kid who gets in a fight with one of them and um, and then the other guy's just picking on him and being really racist or anti-Semitic and he's being really prejudiced And but he's getting beaten up by his dad and it's like a really serious bit and yeah. then oh, whoa, and then knobs in the showers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they were weird. They, they tried to pack in a, a lot of like different elements sometimes, like a quick bit of drama or a quick bit of... Uh... So yeah. And then um, moving on to Police Academy 5. Uh, well, I, I distinctively remember watching these two back to back one night and me just every few minutes just exhaling loudly and... Now, just, just being grumpy and generally making noises of dissatisfaction. Yeah. Now, uh, our suave uh, leader, Mahoney, isn't in this one. Now, the, the, the fourth was sort of his exit. Steve Gutenberg leaves uh, after the fourth one in a hot air balloon, I believe. Yes. I think he runs off. Is it with Sharon Stone or is it with someone? Oh, I, th- I think it is Sharon Stone. It is. He goes <laughs> off. I mean, Mahoney, to be fair, he gets an arc. He just... <laughs> and it's very fitting to the character. He just goes off in a hot air balloon with Sharon Stone. <laughs> so, yeah. 
in the fifth one, uh, it's their first time that they take the, the academy abroad. Well, not abroad, they go to Miami. And obviously they need a sort of Mahoney replacement, so they go to meet up with Lassard. Um, Lassard is the big dotty old man in charge. His nephew, is it, or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you're instantly meant to care about him, and then suddenly he's wooing some woman, and it's just like, who is he? Well, he's meant to be the replacement for Mahoney. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is like, Steve Kutenberg... Well, no, I'm assuming. I was about to say Steve Gutenberg was a known quantity at this point, but maybe he was new going into the film. But well, I, I mean, at that point, I don't know what you t- like. He's, you know, he'd done Free Men the Baby and all that, and then around about that time, it was... Yeah, whereas, I mean, like, this guy is a brand new actor. So yes. I'm saying is like, yeah. it, it's quite difficult to uh, believe in this guy or get behind him as a, as a lead. Yeah. Um, and then not much really fucking happens. I just remember them going through the Everglades and... Yeah. It, it's... Four and five, just the comedy isn't there. Like the jokes don't work. Yeah. The set pieces don't work. Because they sort of, all the films really sort of follow a similar formula. And then, you know, there's a lot of, there's introdu- introduction of characters, a lot of goofing around. Yeah. Then suddenly a big crime thing happens. Yeah. And, and it then, gets resolved. And, yeah. And then they have to just big action set piece at the end. Yeah. Nah. Um, but yeah, as you say, the problem with the fourth and fifth is just the jokes aren't really there and it takes too long to get to any jokes. And so it's just all sort of filler. And the fifth one in particular is just them on holiday, really, yeah. until then something really bad happens at the end. Um, oh, but no, no, they try to put like a sort of plot line, don't they, with gangsters? And there's that guy from Star Trek, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, so he's got some funny little moments in it, but... Odo from um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is in it. And he he is actually pretty good. I think he's one of the best elements of yeah, yeah. Uh, Police Academy 5. Well, from this point forward, yeah, it's his sort of storyline in that in this with Lassard that's funny. And from this point forward in the franchise, Lassard is sort of his bits are always quite solid. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah, he's just yeah. a dotty old man. And he gets always gets involved in the plot in some way and then sort of pops up at the end. Like towards the in the later films they use him in that way more, you know, as as a way of getting the plot somewhere and then maybe foiling it at the end or something. Through Lassard, you know, accidentally fucking kicking someone out a window, you know, by Because <laughs> he's a old man and he's dotty. Um, now, uh Police Academy six, for me was a return to form. Yes. How do you feel about that? No, I, I would agree. Um, it's, it's not a... quite hitting the dizzying heights of Police Academy 1 and 3. So Police Academy 6 is a city under siege, so it's more like a sort of crime wave, so they concentrate on the criminal element quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and so there's a sort of running story. So I think that's why it comes back a bit, because the 4th and the 5th are just so... Um, lacking everything <laughs> yeah but at least this has got sort of story that's running it and it's 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 got pace well i i think yeah definitely pace i think this one is um a return to form in the it actually has jokes and uh each of the scenes actually lead somewhere and they have a purpose um the dialogue seems much snappier i think when police academy is at its best it feels like a sequence of snl sketches um, like at least that quality of like uh, decent, accessible, um, gag-laden sketches, uh, one after the other. When it falls down is when like there's just like nothing going on. But this one, it is a return to that pacier feel. Yeah, but then they have lost um, some of the sort of big hitters in the acting department. And I mean, mm. Jonesy Jones, bless him, throughout the whole films fantastic use of his noises. Michael Winslow is yeah. fantastic. But, I mean, the guy can't act that well. <laughs> um, and they sort of needed someone, like, obviously they needed someone like Gutenberg to sort of lead it in the, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it comes to something when you get Gutenberg to lead the acting. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. then, then they didn't have, then they were left with sort of Sackleberry, Callahan, Hooks, that were all could... Um, but do you not think that they should have been able to lead? I think they should have been able to give him more of a chance, but maybe that was in the script. Maybe the producers were afraid to have diverse characters like that as the lead because you always seem to have some sort of white cook, you know, some sort of white guy 
um, yeah. pumped in there. No, like, I because, totally agree. You know, to lead the film, you'll as we move on to number seven, that happens again. Lassard's nephew isn't in that. He's in f- five and six. But in number seven, it's just some random little dude, remember, yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. into it. It scams his way into the uh, into the operation. And we will come on to seven in a moment. But I think it's a real shame because actually the strongest characters uh, like Callahan, Hooks, um, Hightower, I think could all have actually led it um, yeah, mu- it- much better than... Um, than any of Gutenberg's replacements. Yeah, and they have great moments, great scenes, but uh, yeah, they always they're not given the sort of the plot lines or the plot to lead. There's always some sort of just central little white love story going on at the, yeah. at the, at the top of it. You know what I mean? Totally. To keep it going, <laughs> but um, which leads us on to Mission to Moscow. Yeah. Uh, which I that mean, they may as well just in. rename the franchise Cracker Academy. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, Michael Winslow's still in it. Uh, was Hooks in seven? I don't think she was in seven. No, I think she's in, was she in six? Yeah. Yes, and that was our last. Um, I think it was Harrison Proctor were there. Yeah. Solid. I mean, Tackleberry Callahan, Winslow, um, Jonesy. I mean, we haven't spoken about Harris it. as much in this podcast, no. but he's quite an important element of Police Academy. He's the bad guy in most of them. Not all, but quite a few yeah, of them. Yeah, because there's Mauser and Harris. Yes. And Mauser's from the other sort of the other side of town. He was part of a different academy, the academy that in the third one that they go against to, to you know, and then they sort of merge them a bit. But Harris is a really interesting character, uh, although I think underused and sort of and misused as well, because uh, I feel like he's a character that really could have been developed. I mean, he sort of starts as uh, this sort of bad cop who um, doesn't like these meddling kids uh, messing about and having a bit of fun. But I think it would have been more interesting uh, instead of having him play that exact same role in every single police academy, um, if they would would have developed the character so that he would have become like uh, some sort of evil kingpin or like a, a criminal mastermind. Well, they should have done that with Mauser, I think, because I think he mm. was the more bad, as you say, like main bad guy. I know what you mean, because Harris was more the main sort of one in the way all the time. But essentially, Harris is part of the police academy. He's part of their team, really. Um, Mauser is more of the villain, I would say, and I think he should have possibly become a gangster um, and then come back in the seventh. I think in the seventh, one of the only good things possibly about that film is maybe that Harris becomes a bit more of a a hero or in with the heroes. Yeah, but I always think they never do that enough. I always feel like at the end of the film, Harris should be celebrated along with the rest of them. Um, only at the end of the film, and then at the start of the next film, it should be back to ground zero. <laughs> but... I feel like he should go on a little bit more of a journey in the movies that he does. Yeah, but they could have brought Mauser back because, like, Proctor was originally mm. Mauser's sidekick. He joined Harris when they sort of merged from the third, and then Mauser sort of drifted off. And I can't remember if he came back or not, but he should have come back as, like, some mad villain. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Now, Mike, have you heard the news? What news? Uh, well, apparently, as far back as like uh, a couple months ago, uh, Steve Gutenberg has announced uh, that a new Police Academy movie is in production and that he's going to direct it. Holy shit, but number seven, Mr. Moscow, was the perfect ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should mention Mr. Moscow was fucking dreadful. <laughs> yeah, like, unwatchable. Al- although it did have uh, Ron Perlman. Yes. Who, who was exceptional. He, was he? Yeah, yeah. But it just took so long to get to any sort of joke, that film, or it just took L- forever. Like, I, I, was, I was actually impressed with uh, Police Academy 7 because I was <laughs> so appalled with P- Police Academy 4 and 5. I simply didn't think it would get any worse. And after Police Academy 6, which was good, I, I, I was just in tears watching Police Academy 7. Just nothing happens. It, it's so... Yeah, yeah. I was dreaming of the skateboard bits in number four. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd love to be watching Tony yeah. Hawk right now, skating around. <laughs> um, but I don't know what would Steve... What, what would Steve Guttenberg do with it? 
I mean, they hadn't been, because it's been destroyed by number seven, I would say. I mean, it's just so bad. What's the shit with the Game Boy game? And the, oh. Because the Police Academy 7 has like such a convoluted storyline, but then it's also, yeah. um, it's got loads of jokes and set pieces, which simply both don't work and don't make sense. Just like something will happen and it'll be like this big moment in the movie and just be like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, because it was sort of return. It had been away for a little while. And I think, why did they s- try to concentrate on this weird... Russian gangster storyline. They could have just concentrated on the guys coming back, but I suppose they didn't have enough of them. They had Callahan, Tappleberry, yeah. Jones, Harris, was Proctor there. Uh, Lassard, he's always there. But what do you think Gutenberg's going to do with this next one? Do you think he's going to completely reboot it? Is it a sequel? Are we going to see some of the same characters again? I have no idea. What would he do with it? I don't want to. I would rather he put his efforts into. Um, getting the band back together for Three Men and a Baby and, and finishing that trilogy because I just think it writes itself. Tom Selleck, Gutenberg, Ted Danson as grandparents, the kids now had his own kid, they're looking after the kid, writes itself. I think you should do a really modern version and have two men, a trans woman and a baby. <laughs> Why not? Um, or yet in a new rebooted version of Police Academy, you could have lots of diversity now and lots of yeah. difference. I mean, who would you, how would you reboot? I mean, I I quite like the idea of, um, I think if you are going to do it, I'd say someone like a a Seth Rogen is your best bet. Um, You know, Seth Rogen on a good day is is pretty, pretty all right. Um, Because I think it has to be uh, a big group. Uh, Obviously, it needs to be an ensemble cast. And uh, Seth's worked on a lot of movies that do utilize sort of like big friendship groups. Yes, but then you'd ha- I'd like them to get people with particular talents, people like Michael Winslow and Jonesy, you know, like weird, maybe stand-ups or comedians. I suppose they sort of done, done it with Super Troopers, haven't they? Mm. You know, and then that got a sequel that was like fan-funded or whatever, or fan-brought back yeah. by, uh, like, did people really want this? <laughs> and then they got it, and then nobody wanted it when it came. Maybe they should just completely recast it and, and, and redo it. Like, you know, have uh, Kate McKinnon as Callahan. Oh, 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 I like this. Um, you yeah, know? you could have Christine Wig as um, Mahoney. Oh, you mean like full, full yeah. female? Yes. Like Leslie Jones as Hightower. Yes. Yes. But then we could make the cat, we could just make the female roles. Male and make the male roles female. Yeah, you could switch you could them have around. Male hooks. So Callahan. Kevin Hart, <laughs> the male hooks, and um, and Callahan is one of the Hemsworths. Yes, yes, yes. Chris Hemsworth or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, who would you have? And then so you'd have a female Mahoney, which we said. Yeah, be. I think Kristen's a pretty yeah, good shout. Good shout. Or Maya Rudolph. Yeah, but could she be more of a Jonesy? I don't know. Mm, or Hooks. Would she do weird... Well, no, Hooks was already cast as Kevin Hart, right? Oh, right, male. yes. So we're, we're casting the male ones as female, so then so then you've got... So, like, oh, uh, Lassard is Jamie Lee Curtis. Shit. Wow. Yeah, mate. That's a... Yeah, I can... Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis is... Um, she plays... Uh, the the dean in uh, Scream Queens, which right. is um, an American sitcom, um, but it's it's about horror movies. It's sort of like a, it's a spoof of horror movies from the eighties, yeah. um, and it's fucking great. Like you, you should really watch it. It's sort of like it's a spoof of Scream and Halloween and all of those sort of like uni slasher movies, um, and it's fucking really really good. But she's so funny in that she can do comedy great. Who would you get for a female Z? <laughs> and sweet Joe. <laughs> oh, who's um? What about Crazy Eyes from Orange Is the New Black? I don't know who that is. You've seen Orange Is the New Black, Not right? Really? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our pitches then. Holy shit! Police Academy pitches. There's so much pressure. The Police Academy. We're joining the Academy. Holy shit! It's not that much pressure. Most of them were shit. <laughs> Okay, my pitch first. Um, my idea of how to reboot the 
Police Academy franchise. So you're going for a, a reboot? Yeah, it's kind of a continuation slash reboot. Nice. Uh, slash crossover special. Whoa, okay. Um, what I'm doing is I'm crossing it over with a previous creation that I've made for this podcast. What? I don't know if you remember Crime Machine, Mike. I remember Crime Machine very well. I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> uh, it's uh, So for listeners that didn't listen to that podcast, um, Crime Machine is a movie where Chris Tucker um, becomes a time-traveling hitman, um, and he has to go through time um, taking out... Um, so basically performing historical assassinations from yes. JFK to Abraham Lincoln yes. uh, to restore time to its original yes. order uh, because he's in a bit of trouble with the time police. Yes. Right. Don't, yes. And never don't speak ill of the time police. Exactly, Mike. I'm glad you remember our catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. So that was a whole original idea. That was your idea. That was no movie. That was all, you know, I think you came up with the title first, to be honest, and then worked back. But, <laughs> um, so, okay. So how does that connect with Police Academy? Well, I'm doing Time Police Academy. Holy shit. Right, okay. In Time Police Academy, uh, the main cast of Police Academy are recruited by the Time Police. Chris Tucker? Exactly. Chris Tucker has graduated from becoming uh, a time-travelling assassin and now works for the the Time Police. Who was his partner in the original Time Police? He didn't have a partner. He was a lone wolf. Yes, of course. And then he was sort of a lone hitman. But he, and he was passed on. Wasn't it? It was passed on, I think. Yeah, because he accidentally killed right. Ray Liotta. That was it. That, yes. Who was the original yes. time assassin. That's what I was thinking of. Good old Ray Liotta. Um, but in this movie, uh, the police academy are recruited by the time police um, to sort out uh, a little time crime they've got a bit of trouble with. Right. Um, so basically, they've been having complaints over time disruptions uh, throughout time <laughs> and so what they do is they give the the police academy these little uh, time devices um they all they each split up right so they sort of split up in pairs and investigate different time crimes um so you know like hightower and tackleberry go to the egyptian times to sort some stuff out uh whilst callahan and hooks are in like 60s downtown america yeah okay uh, and uh, basically, they're investigating these different time crimes. Go on. I mean, I don't want to put spoilers out there, but I mean, this does sound quite similar to Endgame. Is this sort of like a, <laughs> uh, an MCU sort of Police Academy Endgame almost? Well, I suppose it's also quite similar to Days of Future Past, which is another one of my favourite Marvel movies, which I did watch last week. Because yeah. um, uh, I was really disappointed the Police Academy cast and characters didn't appear in Endgame, um, really. I thought they were going to. Yeah, right at the end, I think that would have that would have really made that final sequence. It really would have if they were armed with like lightsabers or something, <laughs> um, riding Godzilla. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so they're investigating these different time crimes, and uh, they they find the culprit. Okay, uh, they they find the culprit of these time crimes, and it turns out it's Zed. Shit, Bobcat himself. Yeah, yeah, he's back from the earlier films, um, and he's basically. He's got one of those time devices as well that, that can travel in time. But his is malfunctioning and it's sending him all over the place and he's got no control of it. And so the police academy band together to sort of help Zed out um, with his uh, sort of like fix his time device so that he stops making all of these time disruptions. Right, cool. Okay. But then you sort of find out there's more of like a a more evil, shadowy entity behind uh, Zed's time disruptions who turns out to be Sweet Chuck. Right. So I'm really going for, like, all all the all these twists and stuff, which I don't really think uh, Police Academy's gone for uh, before. I mean, well, they did do a sort of, like, a, a mystery... They, they, there was, there was, like, a, there was a mystery in, like, um, Police Academy 6 or something. Yes, yes. There's... Uh... I think there's a few like it was so good we mysteries. can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's it's yes, it could work. I can see. 
And then you've got sort of, because uh, I think Chris Tucker really gels with the identity of Police Academy. I think he would be an excellent addition to Police Academy in in any regard. Well, he did well in the Rush Hour movies. He's coming back with a new Rush Hour. Yeah, which I can't wait for. I'm a huge Rush Hour fan. Or, as I said in an earlier podcast, a Rush Hour apologist. Yes, yes. <laughs> because two and three are... Yeah. <laughs> so basically, my idea is quite simple. It's Police Academy with time travel. Yes, I like it. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. <laughs> I love the idea. I just love um, the idea of taking all the characters into, um, yeah, different realms and stuff but would you get are we talking the original cast or are we talking our rebooted cast or i think this is original cast but i think it would be it's pretty much the whole police academy cast minus gutenberg because i'm not a huge fan yeah you said that you weren't uh sold on mahoney uh these my, days my issue with uh mahoney is he's nowhere near as charismatic enough to get away with the jokes that he gets away with like a lot of his um, whole identity is just um, making fun of other people and making other people feel small. And I think that's funny when you're punching up and you're also a loser. But he doesn't paint himself as the loser. He's constantly painting himself as the winner. And for me, it's just a bit lame. He He's always going after the sort of guys in charge, though. He's always pranking he's not Harris, always. Bowser. Well, who else does he prank? The gay Isn't... community? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, at times, but women? I think, yeah, but I mean, he does occasionally sexually harass women a bit, but um, I don't know if he's got a good relationship with the, I mean, the famous gay club from from the the famous gay club from the Police Academy franchise is, was it the Blue Oyster? The Blue Oyster, yeah. Um, and that was my sort of introduction into the gay culture, really, <laughs> watching Police Academy movies. <laughs> my first, of, of, that's what a gay club was like to me. Um, <laughs> that's what very specific gay clubs are like <laughs> yeah really um, well it's a leather club isn't it yeah yeah it's okay. an all-male leather club what's weird is like uh, the blue the blue oyster club is um is so exclusionary four of the five members of the village people wouldn't be allowed in <laughs> yeah yeah it's um, <laughs> like it's got a very strict dress code yeah uh, they always just like thrown in and then they're just suddenly in some sort of like they've got to dance with someone. <laughs> it feels like you're not even allowed to wear brown leather. Like yeah. it's exclusively black leather. So I think the Blue Oyster um, Club should definitely um, feature maybe in time. Well, I think the that they could go to the Stonewall Riots. Yes. Okay. That would be cool. Like right. um, if the Stonewall Riots started at the Blue Oyster Club, yeah. we sort of rewrite history and have... Um, have like a Martha P. Johnson in it. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, there's a lot you could do. A free, I'm thinking a three-hour endgame like Epic. Uh, who, so, I mean, who would direct these, these, this, this beast? I would mean... Would it be Gutenberg? Like, like... Thing is, like, I did a little bit of research and it turns out um, all of the Police Academy movies except for two were directed by different people. Um, the two that were directed by the same people are Police Academy 2 and 3, which makes sense because I feel like they do kind of follow on from each other. They they feel quite together. And there's like a continuation of Zed's storyline. Um, and they're all directed by largely TV directors. Um, so like people that have done like, you know, bits of Law and Order and Taxi and, you know, things like that. And so I think I'd stick with that. Like I'd have an unknown, you know... Uh, a good um, TV director, a solid TV director, a veteran of the craft. Who's the guy who did Training Day and stuff? <laughs> and Bright, <laughs> you know? Training Day and Ed Watch, they were made by the same people, right? Yeah, I think. I'm you told check. me that the other day. I swear you told me that after I, watching End I of Watch. probably did. As I walked in on you watching End of Watch. That yeah, did happen. Good. I didn't yes, imagine Yes, yes. We featured it in um, the found footage episode. Yes, I, we did. I, I got confused with Great what film. the guy's called. Um, anyway, or, or uh, but that's far too gritty, surely. Um, what about, yeah, Michael Mann? <laughs> wow. <laughs> A Michael Mann Police Academy movie. Uh, Think yeah. about it. Think about it. Police Academy with a 15-minute... <laughs> Like police shootout. Think about it. I like it. I mean, what is Michael Mann doing? I think the last thing he made was Black Hat, which was 
um, a good film, but a bad Michael Mann film because I, I think he's better than that. So we might as well do Police Academy. I mean, they, they brought back uh, Baywatch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could do it similar to that. Uh, what they did, you know, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'll just send them back in time. <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, I found this oh, a little bit a, a little bit difficult. I was like, well, what do I do? I mean, mm-hmm. do I just do like I was talking about before, like they did with like paramedics or combat academy? Do I do, do I do admin academy? Do I do you time know, police academy? Yes. Do I do prostitute academy? Do we do? Um, Thankfully not. No. No. Um, uh, do we do Cowboy Academy? Because it should do... be Sex Worker Academy, Mike. Yes, sorry, Sex Worker Academy. Um, you know, S- Space Warrior Academy, mm. Space Academy. You mean Starship um, Troopers? Yes, that one. Um, so there's a whole thing you do, but um, with watching all seven, um, I did just remember how much I, liked, I loved the characters as a kid. Um, because there were spin-offs themselves, there was a cartoon, um, there's little clips on YouTube you can watch on the, uh, of the cartoon, uh, it was a bit odd. Um, they tried to bring it back in the na- um, I think it was 90s uh, TV series, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it yeah. looked really shit. <laughs> um, but I wanted just to take the characters in different directions and... Um, but I haven't thought of just one pitch. I've sort of thought of a series of micro pitches okay. um, that I hope that you could sort of help me with. Um, you can choose your favourite and then, or you can maybe tell me which would make a sort of a good film or maybe a TV show yeah. or cartoon yeah, yeah. or comic book. I don't know, but, um, you know, novella, <laughs> <laughs> a play, <laughs> a police academy Fucking Broadway play I would pay to see. Wow, actually, that's a really good idea. A Police Academy musical. Whoa. I mean, forget my bitches. I'm just going, <laughs> Police Academy musical would be very good. Okay, so that's my first micro bitch. Okay. Police Academy Broadway musical. <laughs> With Russell Crowe? Uh, no, keep that fucker out of it. Gerard Butler. Uh, yeah. I Famous guess. Australian Gerard Butler. Yeah, as as uh, Tackleberry. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah, well, no, let's kick off with one about uh, Tackleberry. Now, Tackleberry, the actor, I think, is sadly dead now. Um, but um, I always uh, I always liked the idea of Tackleberry's family. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always kind of jokes around that. Now, Tackleberry's the guy who's a bit gun-crazy. Yes, Tackleberry's gun-crazy guy. Um, again, he has quite a strong arc. Second film, he... Um, falls in love mm-hmm. and then um the girl's family is quite mad they all punch each other and they're in the third one as well do you remember that? yes i really like that um, yeah so his family he's the only character he's the only character that has a sort of family uh kind of story narrative thing that you see the family marries into and in that well you see when police academy does develop their characters it goes very well they just Refused to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this one, uh, this is called Jackalberry. Jackalberry. Jack Tackleberry. Uh, let's say he's played by to- Colin Hanks. Um, okay. <laughs> is uh, now a grown man. His dad was this gun crazy cop. And this is a political drama where he is against like gun uh, control. And he's going against like proper, you know, America, rednecks, gun control and all that shit. So I think that's quite a strong idea. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the casting of Colin Hanks. I think he's a solid performer. I really like him. Yeah, I think that's going to work as a TV show. Yeah, definitely. So wait, so is he, so is Colin Hanks anti-gun control in this? Yes, and he's got to sort of fight the legacy of his dad and it always gets reminded to him by other po- politicians and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Don't you think that's quite difficult to get away with in this day and age? Like a pro... No, he's not pro gun. gun. He's oh. not pro gun. He's against that's the, that's the turmoil. That's the drama. He's against guns. But his dad. But his dad was Tackleberry from Police Academy. Right. His dad was pro gun. <laughs> Is there any particular reason why he's anti gun? Well, there'll have to be some sort of I don't know. I mean, Did his Tackleberry dad... shoot his dick off. Oh, maybe. And now he's no <laughs> Tackleberry. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so I mean, that's a little starter idea. TV show maybe mm-hmm. could work. Um, okay, 
So let's take it up a notch. All right. Uh, double act. Uh, the ladies, Hooks and Callahan. Okay. Hooks and Callahan, angel cops. All right. Hooks and Callahan get touched by God, and they be- they become like super angel powered, right? So yeah. like, um, Hooks has this supersonic like angel voice now, you know, because Hooks is power. Let's say because I've always said the the police academy are a bit like the X Men anyway. Uh, they've all got a weird little power, like they've all got a weird little power. Like Jonesy's got his sounds, and you know Hightower's fucking. Massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Hooks was always quiet, and then she'd just be really loud and shout to people. Yeah. Um, so she could have, like, a supersonic angel voice. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Callahan lads, has super angel strength. Um, I want to tie it into some sort of narrative towards the end that she becomes God or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, but- Callahan <laughs> becomes God. Maybe. I don't know. I just like the idea. But Hooks, Hooks doesn't um, become God. Well, maybe they're both. I don't know. Look, it's This is it's very confusing. white supremacist vision, Mike. Yeah, okay, okay. Maybe they don't. Maybe they both become God. Uh, maybe yeah, they just together. destroy God. Yes. Black and white. Oh, so many levels. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, they, they like angel cops and they like take down like dark angels and stuff and like fallen angels and shit like that. Mm. Demons. Um, so there's that one. Um, go... <laughs> Going to um, another double act is a bit similar to yours, but um, I always wanted, to, I always loved the Zed and Sweet Chuck um, pairing. Yeah. And I always thought, well, they'd be great in a sort of spin off, like if they were, um, maybe they lived together or they were like security guards somewhere. And I thought, well, yeah, they could be security guards somewhere, but why not sci fi it up like you did before? Or like the, the security guards in like a Stargate place, which is interdimensional. And it's called, <laughs> it's called Zed and Sweet Chuck, Masters of Reality. And then like <laughs> they go through into all these different realities and stuff and different dimensions, but the two security guards, uh, and they just have, uh, adventures. <laughs> that does. That sounds like the prequel to my yes to, to Time Police Academy. Yes, this could work. Um, oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, Joan... and that, that, that's that's the movie where Sweet Chuck goes power mad. Yes, yes. Because he realizes the power of time. Yes, and then he ends up in a sort of Stargate Egyptian world, or something. Yeah. becomes like a leader, and becomes like this leader of a huge tribe that then comes into the. And then we. Of, oh. And then we oh. find out Sweet Chuck built the pyramids. Holy shit! Uh, Sweet Chuck built the pyramids. <laughs> that's where we've gotten to with our <laughs> with our poli- you see with our movie podcast you don't just get a movie podcast we take your places yes we, we've started with police academy and we ended up with sweet chuck creating <laughs> the pyramids like we really we're going yeah. places we get you on sweet chuck's little moped and we take you to fucking egypt um so yeah so there's that one uh jonesy the master of sound effects I'm just going to stick him in a quiet place too. <laughs> Where he can't use his powers. <laughs> and like through the whole film, he's like stuck with the family, John Kransky and that. And like through the whole film, he can't use his... And then you know like about an hour in, he goes... He just can't hold it in anymore. That's really cruel because as we've also <laughs> mentioned earlier in the podcast, he can't act either. <laughs> yeah. So... So you've left him with literally nothing to work with. I he know. can just look awkwardly. Yeah, well, under pressure, I just think people, like, you know, police, as if the Police Academy films have taught us anything, you know, it's that under pressure, those guys can really, you know... Not act. Okay, well, they, they <laughs> you know, they can save the day. They can do it. They can pull through. They can pull out <laughs> the bag. Jeez. Okay, right. <laughs> Hightower um, in... A film uh, about um, his evil twin called The Twin Towers. Oh, uh, Mike. They're on a plane. Uh, Just call 911. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, maybe we could skip over that one. I don't well, know, no, no, no. I, I want to hear more about this I, one. I, I'm just no, thinking a disaster I, movie in a plane, Hightower, he's a cop. Oh, you've there's really a, gone for there's it. A, there's, a, there's hijackers, there's a team of hijackers. One of them's a big leader. He pulls off the big leader's mask and it's fucking Hightower. And there's two Hightowers on the plane. And they would have got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling terrorists. <laughs> yeah, well, Scooby-Doo's not in this. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, like, Hightower saves the day, but then he's framing his brother, Hightower, because, like, who's the real terrorist and who's so, the cop? I thought you were just making an innocent pun, but... I kind of was, and then this just came into my head. I hadn't really planned that, 
the plain thing, well, as I sat down to do this podcast, that came into my head, all right? <laughs> when I was just looking over my notes, okay? Now, we could have House, I've forgotten about House, the big sort of uh, <laughs> high towers. I think, is he his cousin, uh, like a young cousin or nephew, or is he just from the streets? They what, just house? know each other. Yeah, House was the sort yeah, of yeah, large he's... character yeah. that the, his superpower was being obese. <laughs> yeah, he was quite. Old, yeah, yeah. Uh, so either he can be in that as well, maybe, or or you could stick him in a TV show with Hugh Laurie and call it House and House or House to House or <laughs> like you know uh, House MD and House DCR. Yeah, DCR. yeah, yeah. They have to solve a mystery together. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're nearly towards the end, um, and of course uh, we have. Um, Oh, should I leave this one? Right? Oh, well, we'll quickly go in. I mean, Harrison Proctor, they can have their own sitcom where they live together. They own, uh, they, they go to England and they open a pub. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, in a village, there's a, you know, they have a laugh. Um, and also, I'd like to put Lassard, um as the character Lassard hosting, like, one of those, like, police camera action programs, <laughs> but, like, as Lassard. Uh, and occasionally that clumsy cop with the uh, with the angry wife and the glasses who's in like loads of the films uh, who I can never remember the name of because he's just such a shit character. Maybe he can come in occasionally to that. But Lassard just sitting in a chair telling jokes and then showing like police camera footage. I'd like to see like a real like a naturalistic like Mike Lee drama following Mahoney after the years of Police Academy, and he's, like, dead sad and gambles loads. Well, my friend, you've just stumbled onto my last idea. <laughs> no fucking way. Yes way. Mahoney, we take it down a notch. He's a womanizer, you know. This is, but this is a bit more of an indie sort of, we open with, like, an indie song. He's wakes up in the morning. Um, he loses his penis in some sort of accident. Fucking hell, Mike. Yes. Let's call it, let's call the film Mahoney's Baloney. <laughs> he loses baloney, his penis, in uh, some sort of accident. Then he has to go to these classes and sort of learn how to love again as a eunuch. <laughs> um, and learn how to love himself. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think in the end, even though he doesn't have a cock, he becomes a better person. So what do you think? I mean, I think that's that's the main characters all catered for in sort of... Um, you know, good enough spin-off. Yes, very true. Um, trying to think. Oh, now, the, the clumsy guy. Yeah, I mean, I who forgot. the fuck is he? And Mauser, I didn't think of, but Mauser can pop up in one of them. I said, Did you say Harris was making pop, making this pub? In... Harris and Proctor go off. But Mauser can come into that, actually. Yeah, I thought and Mauser. Then I'd like, because you never got satisfying Harris and Mauser um, sort of face off because they they they've got sort of Proctor between them as a child of he I mean he's he he's split between the two really he yeah. was he was Mauser's right hand man and then he sort of joined the academy with those guys and, and became Harris's right hand man and right hand snitchy bastard so like but they in a pub and then maybe Mauser and comes and opens a another. Uh, a fancy restaurant down the road or something. <laughs> but in England? Yes, that's yes. That's so strange. Yes. I just, I'd like the sort of country vibe or maybe like like the Vicar of Dibley or something or like Doc Martin or, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a Cornwall or something. I don't know. Uh, okay, I, I like that idea if it's in Scotland for some reason. Okay, yeah, Scotland, rural Ireland could work. Yes. Okay, yeah, no, I'm totally on board with that. My favourite idea has to be... Um, the sweet chucking Zed, a security cops, masters of reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because I I love that this accidentally ties into to my movie and basically works as time um as time police academy part one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking like more interdimensional stargates, that kind of weird shit, you know. So they're going yeah. to other planets, like other dimensions, other like sliders or other like you know all all that crazy shit. Are they gonna defeat the Goa old? Uh, maybe, or 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 just you know just have or just play some pranks on 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 them, on <laughs> some people, or you know like pull off people's eyebrows and that. <laughs> you know that's what they do in police comedy films. Oh, the glue, old oh, shampoo. No, it's fucking glue. No, these all sound great. Do you have any idea of directors, or were you going to go down the similar route to myself? 
Well, a lot of them, I think, are, are sort of more blatant TV projects that would just have good TV directors, but mm-hmm. they're always a good chance for actors and things to direct things. Like Colin Hanks could easily direct Jackalberry. Yeah. Get his dad to. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks. Do you know who I think would be perfect to direct your uh, Mahoney movie? Mahoney's Baloney. Yeah. It would obviously be Bobcat Goldthwait. It totally fucking would. Because he's done movies with a similar vibe. You you mentioned... Sleeping the, Dogs. Exactly. Yes. Um, and obviously, they've worked together. They've got a bit of history. I can um, totally see it. Like this dark indie comedy. It's sort of... It, it reminds me of um, when sort of like uh, bigger actors do those silly indies. You know, like... Um, I don't know if you know the movie. Is it is it Beaver? Is it with uh, by Jodie Foster with Mel Gibson? Yes. Yeah, I mean that was that was just sort of after Mel Gibson's huge meltdown. It was when he was coming back, sort of in I, a way. They were trying, and then he decided to do this weird fucking film with a hand puppet. And in in the movie, he's having a meltdown and he's talking to the to this beaver puppet, and it sort of reminds me a little bit of um, both the Australian and American series Wilfred. Is it? Yes, with the dog. Yeah. A uh, guy dressed as a dog, or he's like an imaginary dog, or what is he, a visible dog? I don't, yeah, Elijah Wood's in one of the... Yeah, he's versions. in the American one. It's quite, it's quite good. It's, a, it's a, a strong stoner comedy. Right. But that's what th- those remind me of. And, and I think Bobcat... Um, I mean, even Willow Creek was a very humorous film. Uh, and, I, and I could totally see this. It's sort of... It's, it's dark, it's edgy, but it's funny, and it's silly as well. Yeah. Zed was always possibly my favourite character growing up. Uh, I I loved Zed, um, but they all had they all had their charms. Hightower, they did. Jones. But as we discussed earlier in the podcast, I do think Zed is the only one that gets a proper arc. He gets a proper development in three movies. He's uh, displayed in three succinctly different ways. Uh, he gets uh, closure. He has romance. He makes friends. He loses friends. He changes sides. Much like the Hulk. In the MCU. Yes, Mike. That is an excellent analogy. Very similar. And I was so impressed watching Endgame going, they've they've worked out how to do the Hulk correctly. In that every single movie, you do him differently. Um, a lot like every single movie of the Alien franchise is different and why I love it so much. Yes. So are you comparing Alien and Police Academy now? Would you say after watching all seven, particularly number seven, um, you would prefer Police Academy franchise to Aliens, to the Alien franchise? I would never say that I would prefer anything to the Alien franchise. Is that what you're saying right now? That you think Police Academy is better than Alien? No. Okay, well, I must have misunderstood. Nothing's as good as Alien. (laughs) What about a crossover with Police Academy and Alien? Oh, now we're talking, Mike. Right. How's that working? I mean, I do think um, Sigourney Weaver is is a is a strong Callahan type. Yeah, Callahan um, could go all Ripley. She could go in the fucking yellow robot suit thing and kick ass. Well, they'd have to be like recruited to like some sort of space police academy, and they would become like a, a, a group of Marines. Well, space academy writes itself, really. Yeah, you know, space and academy. You could have aliens in that. You could even have. I mean, well, Predator Predator Academy could work. Like an academy of predators, that's how they get, like... An academy yeah. of predators. Yes, and that's how they, like, work up to be predators, to be hunters, you know, like predator school. Um, but they do pranks on each other and stuff. <laughs> what about that? Or aliens, or any of the, you know, a lot. E.T. Oh, he joins up, you know. <laughs> Zed and E.T. Yeah, not Zed and E.T., it could be... Not Zed and Sweet Chuck, it could be E.T. and... Uh, Predator. I actually think a Police Academy crossover is the only thing that could save DC at this point. Police Academy and Star Trek. Police Academy and X-Men. Police Academy and, yeah, we had the Avengers. Police Academy and Jurassic Park. Police Academy Minecraft. Yes. You've got to involve the kids. Police Academy and Fortnite. Police yeah? Academy and Gardener's World. Police Academy and The Apprentice. <sighs> Homes uh, Under the Hammer, but for Police Academy. Yes. Kind of, somehow. Um, Jim Henson's Police Academy. Jim Henson's um, Police Academy is a great idea. Puppets. I mean, the Adam cartoon version. CGI, like an Avatar. Avatar. Police Academy Babies. Ca- Avatar Academy. Police Academy Babies, like Muppet Babies. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Scooby-Doo meets Police Academy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's always meeting people. I think that's actually a thing. Yeah, he's always meeting everyone, the prick. 
He is a bit of a prick, isn't he? Yeah. But, and they wouldn't... Uh, I mean, Zed got away with drug-taking in the Academy, I imagine. Shaggy would be... Um, I mean, well, part of the thing of Police Academy is that they're getting people from the street. They get a lot of stoners, like mm-hmm, Zed. Mm-hmm. Could Shaggy deal with it in the Academy? I know Freddy could. <sighs> yeah, Freddy could, but you know what Freddy's like. I, I don't think Shaggy's up to Police Academy. The girls could, but he, he'd he'd have trouble. But Zed had trouble, but he got through. I think Velma would really come into her own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scooby-Doo, police dog, drug sniffer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, then he'd be in sort of loggerheads against Shaggy. Uh, no, Scooby's Scoob's too much of a stoner for that. He could work on the border, like in that movie Border, about trolls. We could have Troll Academy. Border Academy. No, you brought it back to trolls. Look, I mean, she can smell like fear and guilt and stuff. I mean, how good would that be if the Police Academy guys could have those powers? I'm cutting this off now. Look, Troll Academy, hear me out. No, I think we should should end this off. I think we should end this now. They've got little weird genitals. (laughs) 